everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the By Word Show. I'm so glad you're here today. Y'all, we're going to have fun today. We have got an amazing guest, Kristen Dickerson. I can't wait for you to hear from her. I feel like we should just dive right in. Like, Let's, what, what, let's just do this. <laughs> Kristen, welcome to the By Word Show. Would you just quickly kind of introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Of course. And first of all, I'm so excited to be with you. I'm excited to share your energy and like your enthusiasm for this fantastic (laughs) podcast and like so many episodes you've done, which I love such a big deal. So good job to you, Miss Hannah. Thank you. Um, My day job, I guess is what we'll start with, which it might've been how we got connected is I get to host a television show called Texas Today. It airs on NBC5 in North Texas. So all across Dallas and Fort Worth and every amazing community in between. And we basically get to highlight all the best things. It started with all the best things in Texas, but we feature all the best things all over the place. And um, I'm originally from New Mexico. And in high school, I made a lot of really fun yet questionable choices. So my mom (laughs) thought it would be best for me to go to school out of state, which took me to Oklahoma. And I rode horses for the Oklahoma State Equestrian Team and got my life together, earned a scholarship, won a national championship and became the team's spokesperson, which is how I got into television. It got me an internship in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where I worked for 12 years, met my husband on a blind date. And then got to a point in life where I was ready to grow and I needed, I needed a shift. So at every shift, there is a lot of divine intervention, uh, but it brought me to Texas. And at first I was working on the news side of NBC5, where I was a special projects reporter and weekend anchor. And then heard a divine call in the middle of a newscast after three years that said, you're doing this wrong. Uh, it's time to go. So my husband and I left our jobs. We went on a pilgrimage to some of the holiest places in the world. For 98 days, we started by walking the Camino de Santiago across Spain, then spent time in Israel, living with a woman there, and then spent six weeks in India. And while we were actually camping in Israel, I got a text message. My phone was working in the north of Israel. <laughs> I got a text message from my uh, general manager, former general manager here at NBC5 saying, hey, we're creating a show that matches the things that you are missing and some of my reasons for leaving, like I wanted to just focus on positivity and things that bring people together joy and love and all those good things and he said hey we're creating this would you be interested in coming back and so whenever our pilgrimage wrapped up I officially applied for the job we aired one episode and then the pandemic hit and so I was sent home and during a month and a half two months at home I edited our video that we recorded while walking across Spain which became a movie became a book uh, which includes my testimony called my journey back to God. And, and yeah, and now it's just, yeah, just living. So that's kind of the life in a nutshell, I guess. Yeah, seriously, what a wild ride. I can't even imagine because you had been in that. uh, I mean, you'd been in your career for what, like 10 plus years at that point. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, in the middle of your work day, you're like, Nope, this isn't right. Like, (laughs) what in the world? What do you even do with that? That's crazy. And I should preface that I didn't necessarily grow up with a strong faith. Like we went to church on Easter when we'd visit my grandmother. And like sometimes I would pray like laying in bed, you know, but in a real sweet, but not like in an educated formal way. And so my (laughs) faith kind of really came to me um, in my 20s. And um, I was at the time working in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and and everything was good. I met my husband. We had a beautiful life and a house and had a great job. And it just felt like something was missing. 
And so I started mm -hmm. asking the question, like, is this all there is to life? Like, is this it? <laughs> I'm just going to keep doing this? <laughs> like, what? Right. Yeah. And then, um, and that led to meditation, a trip to India where I finally experienced God. So, and that was within, that was 2013 in our India trip. And this was 2019 uh, in the middle of the newscast. So I was, I think I, I still feel relatively new to my faith, but yeah, it was in the second block of news. And so that's basically like you have the first section of news, which is usually all the bad things that happen in the day. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the second part and it's normally like happy things, community events, and then you toss to weather and like, then you go to sports. <laughs> but on this day, it was different. And that second block of news was terrorism and weather that took people's lives overseas. And it was just a very clear, like, I am doing this wrong. And I realized mm. that I had a platform to share the best of humanity, but on that day specifically, I was sharing the worst. And if I continued to do that, like a part of me would darken. And it's like, oh, this is serious. <laughs> and yeah. that was that was January 2019. And at the time, a lot of things in life were like were messy. Um, my husband and I had struggled before that with our marriage. We had a family member come and live with us for one month. But mm. 18 months later, he was still there. So that oh, caused man. a lot of friction. None of us were happy on all <laughs> planes. And, um, and then so we resolved that. We sold our house and simplified our life. And then we got pregnant. But then that resulted in a miscarriage. My mm. grandmother passed away. Like everything was just really raw. So it was like, okay, this, this divine call in the middle of a newscast was a beautiful opportunity to like, all right, it is officially time to pivot. Like, let's choose us, choose our relationship with God. Let's do something. And because yeah. we needed to be rescued. Yeah. So what was that like coming home, telling your husband, hey, <laughs> I heard this today and yeah. something's got to give. <laughs> yes. We, um, we were already kind of looking. Like we had resolved okay. the extra roommate situation. And so we were in marriage counseling with my friend and mentor, Yvonne Lewis, who used to be a news anchor in Tulsa and is now a trauma therapist. And wow. so we were already looking for something. And at first we thought, you know what, we're just going to like go on the road. We're storytellers by trade. We're going to take camera gear and we're just going to like live in an RV. So we're like, all right, we're going to live in an RV. And then, and then it just kind of dissolved. Like the plan, it just didn't work. Like we thought we had the money and then we didn't. I was just like, okay, this is not what we're going to do. But we mm. were getting signs of the word Rome would always like pop up. Like we went on a trip for an awards banquet in New York and Rome, 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 like set on the plane next to a woman who came from Rome. Rome was the, like the name of all the little soaps in the hotel, like, over and over, we kept seeing Rome. So that's why we thought, okay, we're just supposed to be mobile. Mm. And so hearing the message in the newscast, it was like, oh, like we're being told to document the best of humanity. It's like, that's, mm. that's what Rome means. We're supposed to go and we're supposed to be storytellers and share the best. And we're like, okay, well, where's the easiest place, the most obvious place to do that? It's like, oh, sacred places, like the holiest places and what mm. not necessarily focusing on one religion, what brings everyone together, no matter what like dogma they believe in. So then that really, it was really nice clarity. It's like, okay, now we know what to do. Like now we know how to plan this trip. 
Yes. Well, that's incredible because I feel like you guys were in this time of your life where, you know, everything had been falling apart. You've been seeking this clarity. All of a sudden you've got this crazy sign to go Mm -hmm. and you guys actually go and do the thing. Like you went on a huge journey. Like I can't even imagine just saying, Hey, we're just going to do this. How that time was yeah, scary. (laughs) Totally leaving everything, leaving your career because your husband left his career as well. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest thing I was attached to at the time was a paycheck. Like Mm. it was so scary not knowing like what was on the other side. I didn't know at the time that this job that I currently have was going to be created uh, like while I was gone. So it's like, okay, but we kept getting signs like over and over spirit. I'm so grateful for spirit because it made it so clear that it's like this, this is right. Just keep going forward. And my prayer was always like, I don't need to know the end goal. Just show me that first step. Like, what am I, what is this next step? And one example was that I knew that we were being called to document like the best of humanity and the camera gear that I had at the time shot in 1080 and I needed to upgrade to 4k. And so for non-camera people, the difference is basically the quality of the video and what size of screen, like it could be shown on. And Mm -hmm. I didn't know the end goal but I didn't want to be cheap when it came to God. So I was like, all right, I think I need to upgrade our camera gear before we go on this epic trip. So I priced it out and it was going to be $7,000. I'm like, oh, that's mm. a lot of money. <laughs> like I could live for months on $7,000 in another country. Right. <laughs> and so, but I knew, again, I knew I didn't want to be cheap. I was like, all right, let's just go for it out on faith, put it on the credit card. And so we spent it and got the camera gear. And over the following months, like random jobs started popping up and we didn't think about it, even though my husband and I hadn't really been hired for freelance jobs. So we made like a video for a veterans group and I hosted a horse related TV show as a friend um, or as a favor for a friend who was actually my first internship boss and didn't think anything of it. So right before we leave for our pilgrimage, we're in New Mexico with my family and we go to a local bank to officially like, start our production company between my husband and I and to deposit our checks from this freelance work. And so Mm. my husband is writing out the bank deposit slip and I'm like, man, how much do we spend on that? Like on the camera gear? Cause it'd been months since I bought it. So I pull up my credit card statement and I look at, at the bank deposit slip and I look back at mine and the difference between the random freelance work that I did not go after that came to me and the amount that we paid for the camera gear was a dollar ninety one. What in the like, world? And then I like asking questions for a living. So I was like, why a dollar ninety one? Like, all right, God, <laughs> like if you could do it a dollar ninety one, why isn't it zero? And then like I just Google scripture, like nine one one nine one and Jeremiah it was Psalm ninety one came up and it was he will wrap you in his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge, which was mm-hmm. which I interpreted as if I keep just listening to myself and tuning into my intuition and focusing on that one step that I'm supposed to do in front of me, like we'll be protected. It'll be fine. But yeah, leaving was scary. Yeah. So you guys took the leap, you mm-hmm. got the gear, you start making steps forward and then you take off and go. Yeah. What was it like? <laughs> Cause you guys were there for quite a while. So mm-hmm. I don't even know. Just tell us like the whole experience. What it was like. 
at first it was it was fun because we were just trying to find really trying to find our footing and at first we're like well maybe we'll like record interviews and focus on people as they walk so i'm like yeah that's a good idea so we'll try to for the first three days we tried to interview other people and make our content about other people and just failed over and over because mm. people walk so fast and we don't, <laughs> so we couldn't keep up with anyone. And so we realized that, okay, we've got to turn the camera on ourselves. Like we've got to share our journey. And it was really neat being able to document everything because some of the blessings we didn't see in the moment, it took months later when we were documenting mm. or editing the video, like sitting on the couch being like, oh my gosh, like all these signs happened the same day. And it was like, oh, like it's still, the experience is still blessing us because of the offering to share it with other people. And mm. we have been asked several times and it used to ruffle my feathers. So I had to really think about why does this bother me? But when people would ask like, do you think you missed out on the experience because you were so busy documenting? Like, do you think you missed out on the blessings? And I thought about that probably for months just because mm. it, it like, it, it arose something in me like, oh, it's such a good question. And at the time, I couldn't imagine not documenting. It just it felt like selfish to do something and to not share it with people who were either physically mm -hmm. or financially like or just life, like unable to leave everything and sure. go on a hiatus like for three months. <laughs> so I'm really grateful that like we documented. I also realized it was like two weeks of walking and I realized how burned out I had been because in life, like so many of us just like, like there's so much going on and like we work so hard and we have family to take care of and we have responsibilities and, mm. and we just keep going because that's the pace that we're used to living at. And so being right. removed from that fast pace, it felt like I had tinted, glass like on my eyeballs and all of a sudden the tent had been like cleaned off so it was just like walking through a field and in an instant i was like oh oh like this <laughs> is what it feels like to not be burned out and exhausted wow um, so that is something that's really stuck with us about making sure that we're living at a human pace and that we're not mm. over committing or not taking on too much and that we're allowing ourselves time to rest and not just like taking time off to sleep all weekend or to go on a trip, but to rest in the moments in between of just like, instead of, I'm working on this right now, instead of checking on like my phone or checking email to just like rest, to just sit here, focus my eyes someplace in the room and just mm. relax my body. So the, absolutely. The trip was 2000 into 2019 and it's still teaching us and still blessing us. That's incredible. So kind of along that same vein, I know you started to touch on some of it, but what was it like for you, not only experiencing these things and meeting people, hearing stories and documenting that, but what was God doing in your heart during that mm. time? Like, how did you encounter God along the journey too? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like, um, and side note, you're a really good interviewer, Hannah, by the way. Oh, As someone oh, who interviews so people much. for a living, you're really good. You're really oh, thank good. you. <laughs> I digress. Okay. Um, I, I think at first I really thought that God was going to be more like people would have conversations about God and spirit. And we're all walking on this ancient thousand year old pilgrimage, like to the remains of St. James, apostle of Jesus. We're going to talk about it. And it was so much 
deeper than that. It was so sweet and so detailed. One of the more significant moments was a dream. And I've had some, I've had some interesting dreams throughout my life, but, uh, and this was, this was one of them. And we were staying the night in a church that was run by nuns. And there's like an albergue, which is basically a hostel and it's attached to the mm. church right next to it. And the church was built, I think in the like 1300s. And so it's amazing because you walk up the steps to like the bell tower and you could just imagine like thousands of years of people walking up there like to pray and to ring the bell. It's just like so how many prayers have been said in this one building? And so we're asleep that night. And right before I woke up in the morning, I had a dream that I was in a car accident and I could feel my body like being pulled through this gray tunnel, like, and it was just getting faster and faster and faster. And then in the next scene of the dream, I'm in this uh, gray waiting room, kind of like the color of the room that I'm in now. And there were like cheap office chairs around the outside. And I'm like, oh, like I'm dead. Like I died in that car wreck. So I was kind of excited about it because I'm like, oh, mm. that means I'm going to meet God here pretty soon. Like, this is good. <laughs> What's going to happen next? And then I could feel while I was dreaming, I could feel parts of my body being worked on elsewhere. Like I could feel like my arm get kind of like weak and like my leg kind of like I knew something was happening to my body, but it wasn't in the state that I was in. It was happening elsewhere. And then mm. I see my body laying on this maybe like a hospital bed, but almost like a chair. I have flashbacks of like the matrix where it's just like kind of <laughs> sitting upright. And I see these, like, I see God's giant hands, like cup. If I was to do, I could do it kind of visually here, like cup my torso. Cause his hands were like 10, 15 times bigger than my body and like bring me back to life. And so I wake mm -hmm. up from that and I'm just like, Whoa, what, what was that? And then I tell my husband about it. He's like, it sounds like a resurrection. And I feel like that is symbolic of the entire trip. Like it was just like purging all this crap that was weighing me down and that was stressing me out and just all this gunk. And it just gave me time for my body to purge that physically, mm. emotionally, and spiritually, and then just slowly get rebuilt by pouring back in like the sweetness of people and food and animals of just, and for, I mean, we walked for it. It was around 44 days. And so it took that amount of time to just process, like get stuff out, build it back in. And by the end, whoa, I love the video because we were, we, my husband and I interviewed each other uh, once we made it to Santiago. And like my eyes are just like so calm. <laughs> it's just, I mean, <laughs> and I'm cold sober. I mean, I've been sober of alcohol seven years this year. And so I'm just, but I was just so like grateful and present. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to be still and like love everybody. <laughs> it was really <laughs> beautiful because it was very opposite of how I started. So it was really worth yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. As somebody who has traveled as well, it just gives you so much perspective when mm -hmm. you do like take a step outside of your normal day-to-day -day hustle routine and you just like get a glimpse of a different perspective, like all the ways God still shows up in different places, different people all throughout history. It's just, it's mind blowing. I just can't even imagine coming home from that. Like, what did you do after this incredible mind blowing experience and then coming back home to America and 
reintegrating into normal yeah. life? What was that yeah. like? Great question. And I feel like I should point out if someone's listening and thinking, well, I can't take six months or three months off my life and like go to right? I also feel that, and I've been able to tap into like aspects of pilgrimage, like just in daily life or taking a walk mm. in nature or even going to a different neighborhood and taking a walk in nature and just like being overly present and maybe picking a day where you could say, all right, today is like my pilgrimage day. I'm going to look for God everywhere. Like show I up love that. looking for you. Even if you're walking to the grocery store, like, all right, every stranger that encounters me, like is God speaking through you? So like, that's a beautiful challenge that I pose to other people and also to myself. Now that I've spoken it, I'm like, ah, oh, the rest of today, I'm like pilgrimage day. God, where <laughs> are you? Show up. Cause I he's here. Ishi is here. So, um, it was really a nice time. Like we still didn't have like this job was open and I was in the application process, but it wasn't like a for sure thing. So when I, and I had given up TV and it was very hard to realize that I'm not in control. And, uh, <laughs> And realize like, no, I decided like, I'm just going to do like faith-based stuff. Like I am a like storytelling pilgrim. I'm not going back to like TV, uh, which is funny because it's always very humbling. It's like, no, this is what yeah. I'm supposed to be doing. Like, when I came back, it was really nice. At first we stayed with Peter's mother who lives in Florida and we stayed with her for several weeks. And then we went and stayed with my mom for several weeks. And it was really nice because we were in such a place of, like a, a beautiful mix of exhaustion and gratitude. Um, and so we were finally ready to really be with people and meet them where they are at. Uh, one thing I'm currently working on is like, whenever I go back to New Mexico and see my family, I feel like, well, I should like make suggestions on how their life could be better or how um, spiritually they should do something or they should give up certain food. And I'm like, nope, that's not my job. My job is to love them. <laughs> and so this was really nice because we met both families and just like loved them and just were just so relaxed and happy. So much so that my dad is a really good sport. He is an auctioneer by trade and has been so for like 30 years in Southern New Mexico. And he knew we were out of work and he works very hard. So he mm. said, all right, I'll give you a job if you want to, you and Peter want to sit in my auction trailer at the county fairgrounds, which was in the middle of the desert and empty and oh wait gosh. for like farmers in the region and for Mexico to come up and like drop off their, their like farm equipment that they want to sell. He's like, yeah, sit in that trailer for like a month. And I'm like, we've got nothing else to do. Like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? We had more fun in that auction trailer and it was just like, and it's, I love it. Cause it's so different. Like the job I left is like, like hair and makeup and all the stuff. Right. And then I'm just like living in like long johns and overalls or coveralls <laughs> in the middle of the desert, like freezing my tail off. And there's one porta potty and it would freeze overnight. And it's just, that was, the oh my God. But at this, it was so fun. And I realized like, it was still so fun because I got to work with my husband. Like I got to be with the person I love all day. And even if it's like trying to figure out like, okay, how do we market this tractor and what kind of tractor is this without sounding too ignorant? Cause the farmers are like, <laughs> you don't know. I'm like, what kind of tractor? <laughs> so it was a really sweet place of like approaching life almost with a childlike enthusiasm, mm. of just like welcoming everything that came to us with just like joy and excitement and gratitude. Yeah. Oh, I love that so much because it really is so easy to miss when you get and your routine. 
day to day, we, it just, we start going through the motions. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I love that something as wild and random (laughs) as that could spark so much (laughs) joy. And it is really special that you got to share that with your husband, because that's Mm -hmm. another thing, like going through seasons of figuring out your faith and figuring out the path for your life is complicated enough when it's just you. Yeah. (laughs) So going through it with somebody else can be really tricky, but Mm -hmm. how was it for you to in marriage navigating all of that on your pilgrimage and then also coming back to regular, regular life? Yes. Oh, I'm so grateful. And I hear from mostly from other women who see Peter and I together and they just say like, you're so lucky that you have someone to like do this with. And Mm. because since the pilgrimage and We've been on a healing journey as well for the last two years. And and it's so nice to just have someone who believes you. Like, hey, mm-hmm. I had this dream that God saved my life. And he's like, whoa. Instead of like, no, you didn't. Like, you know what I mean? I could not right. imagine how difficult that would be if you didn't have someone to validate as I feel like, and maybe we all are just like experimenting with like life. Like, does this work? Oh yeah. Is this right? What's the sign? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. To just have someone to say what you experienced is legit. And I recognize that. Mm. And how can I help support you? We were working on Texas today for a year and a half. And at the time we would, Peter and I would take camera gear and, and during like the pandemic, a lot of the hotels were empty, but they needed promotion so they would have us like come to the Mm. hotel and shoot a feature about it and so we were doing that and we were shooting in Costa Rica uh it was just Peter and myself and we were doing a surfing lesson and the lesson was successful like we we surfed which was (laughs) a miracle in itself uh and at the very end of the lesson like I fell into the water and I thought I could do this every day like this is so fun and what I did not do was put my hands up coming up into the water and at the exact moment that my head popped up to the water a wave pulled my surfboard into the ocean and it brought it right back and it hit me right in the throat so I know and so um yeah and I fell into the water and was just like held my throat and all I could think of was I need help I need help I need help and so I got to the beach and my husband was still like out. He was about to catch the next wave. So he, it took him a while to get to me. And I was just like, okay, just assess like what's going on. And I'm like, okay, I can't swallow. And then by the time he got to me, he's like, what happened? And I realized I can't talk either. I was like, mm. oh no. And then I started coughing up blood. I was like, oh, that's not good at all. That ended up being like nine days in the hospital in Costa Rica. And also one of the more spiritual experiences of my life because mm. It was complete surrender. Like I, I was taken to a hospital and I was wheeled in and people were speaking in Spanish, which at the time I did not speak or understand. So I was like, wow, like I can't speak. I can't necessarily listen because I don't know the language. I'm just like, I, this is a complete moment of surrender. One of my favorite parts of that was how the Camino and like our pilgrimage prepared me to handle that. Hmm. And so I was like in a state of crisis, like spirit is so close, right? Because it's like, that's all you got is like, right. Is like, that's all you got. (laughs) And so we got an initial bill from the hospital about like worst case scenario, you have to have surgery. And it was going to be like the first three numbers were one, one, six. 
And I was like, okay. And then I remembered that in my checking account, in my savings account that week, I noticed um, that 116 were the first, they were the first three numbers in my checking and my savings. And that had never happened. I was like, 116, interesting. And then the bill came and it's 116. I was like, oh, look at you. Wait a second. This has happened before. Go to Google. Mm. Scripture 116. <laughs> I immediately thought of the moment when I, when the accident happened and I fell into the water and I couldn't, you know, I can't talk. I can't swallow. I'm just thinking I need help. And Psalm 116 is, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy. I was like, oh, mm. he's so present. And so that really launched a healing journey of us seeking out holistic ways to heal because modern medicine couldn't, couldn't help in a way. Like it wasn't a big enough, like cartilage was broken and there were some perforations, but it wasn't something that surgery could heal. It needed to just heal on mm. its own. And so, yeah, we spent the last two years and I just wrote about all these different ways to find healing. At first, it was just like mentally chanting mantras or ancient scripts to just like, okay, like these are, these are charged with vibrations of thousands of years of holy people, um, like repeating these words over and over. And so we started with that and then did something called brain spotting, which my mentor Yvonne does. And it basically taps into the, the depths of the mind to really connect with what happened. We did sound mm -hmm. healing and something called craniosacral. So having Peter alongside me and being game, like my mom says he loads up quickly and he loads up easily. <laughs> uh, it's been so nice to just, to just experiment with and to have someone by your side to be like, okay, let's try this. What did you experience? What did you experience? So he's been the biggest gift. Yeah, that's amazing. So your book, because you said you wrote a book about your journey as well. Yeah. Did that come after you had come home and were Thank reflecting you. or what was that process like? See, you ask such good questions. It's oh, all about the follow-up questions. Good job. Yes, <laughs> because so I, so I wrote on day 30 of walking across the Camino in Spain, three times in the same day, so strangers asked me, are you journaling? And so by the third time I was mm -hmm. like, all right, God, I'm listening. Like, I don't have paper. And then so I sat down to meditate and immediately was reminded that I had some paper in my backpack and a pen. I was like, okay, I've got everything I need. And so I, once I started writing, like, it just flowed. And I love, I was reading some chapters last night to remind myself of what happened. And I was like, this is beautiful. And it's beautiful, not because I wrote it. Like, it's beautiful because it came through me, but it wasn't my mind picking which words should come mm. next, which is so fun. I think that was the first time I, I'm realizing it in this moment that I think I was like in the place of being like a channel to just let spirit like flow through me. Yeah. And show me all the times that God has been with me and rescuing me through my whole life when in the moment I probably didn't realize it, but it took like this, this sacred time in nature and in a holy place to write it all down. And so yeah. we got back and I told my girlfriend and I told her that I like wrote something that, that might be helpful. Um, like, could I send it to her? And she, she, our brains are the opposite. She's very good at like details and organizing and structure and so she said that she would read it and she got back to me and said, this could, this can help people. And she uh, volunteered to edit it for me and we mm -hmm. self-published on Amazon, but it took the accident in Costa Rica. It took the surfing accident because I got scared and I didn't want to go forward with publishing because I, in the book, I write about everything like 
all the ups, the downs, like it's no longer mm -hmm. like the TV persona where everything's fine. It's all of it. Like yeah. struggles with depression and, and drinking when I was younger and drug use because I was drinking so much and body image issues and surgeries to, to change body image issues. And so I had to edit it one more time. I just needed to read the book one more time and then we would publish. And I was like, no, I don't want to. Like I... I got scared because I was like, what if people don't like it? What if they don't like me? Mm -hmm. What if it's not helpful? What if it's not good enough? Which is, which comes up, makes me want to just like hide behind my hair. Um, <laughs> and so, and so I was like, no. And I had gotten an email, like we get lots of pitch emails from people. And I got a pitch email that was addressed to the, like the wrong person. And it said like, would you be interested in writing an article about yada, yada? And I basically declared to the universe that I'm not a writer. Like I'm not a writer. And like two days later, the accident happened where I could no longer speak. And like, mm. if I don't have a voice, I can't host a TV show. And I had nothing else to do while my voice healed besides read the book and do the final oh my edit. Gosh. <laughs> so if it wasn't for that nearly tragic accident wow. um, while surfing, like the book that we published about my testimony would have never, would have never been published. That is crazy. I know. So now crazy. I welcome accidents. I'm like, hey, if I <laughs> it was, yeah, it hurt. Uh, but uh, it's like, but at the same time, it was such a blessing. Like to just, now, I, now my goal is to listen the first time. You know what I mean? Mm. So it's like, oh, yeah. that's what I'm working on for the last month. Like if spirit offers me something, even if it's a job or a task or something I want to resist, if I do not accept it the first time it's offered, if I don't accept it as a gift from God of an opportunity to grow and expand and learn, it's going to be harder the second time it comes around because yeah, I'm still mm. going to need to learn whatever lesson that is or whatever service I need to offer. It's going to be more difficult the second time. I'm like, okay, just yeah. help me see it. Help me say yes. <laughs> say yes yeah, I relate to that. Totally. Well, absolutely. And it's so great that you've learned to just be open and available to say yes when those things happen, because mm. I feel like the experience you guys had when you were on your pilgrimage was just totally being available, totally being open mm -hmm. to whatever God was saying, no agenda, nothing, mm -hmm. just available. Mm -hmm. And then when you come back to normal, like anybody could experience the same things. If we just embrace that same sense of availability mm -hmm. yeah. every single day, like mm -hmm. you're so right. It could be in the grocery store. It could be through an accident, something crazy. You just never know. Like God can use anyone or anything yeah. to speak and get us, you know, moving on the right path. So mm -hmm. that's incredible. That's just yeah. wild to hear. And I realized to help, because this is something I've just been dealing with this really this last month is that in order for me to be more willing to say yes to what naturally flows to me, I need to make sure I'm not exhausted. Like I need mm -hmm. to make sure that I'm like rested because as soon as I get tired or I'm over. I've overdone something. I'm like, I can't do anything else. Like I am spent like no. And saying no, if it's an offering like from God and spirit's hand saying, Hey, this is, this will help you or this, even though it's work, you need this lesson. Like I can't be in a place to say no. So mm. now I'm just really working on, okay, how am I feeling? Have I overbooked myself? Like, do I have time for myself? Am I sleeping? Being ready to say yes. It's my current life task. That's huge. I feel like that changes everything because mm -hmm. no matter where you are, what season of life you're in, mm -hmm. if you're ready to say yes, that, that's just, that's the key I feel like. And so I love what you said about 
kind of proactively setting yourself up mm. for the yes. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and all of the work that you and Peter have both done with healing to make yourselves prepared for that mm. um, is amazing. So are there other things that you would say are big takeaways from your pilgrimage mm. that you now implement in your life daily that you yeah. would share with someone who may not be able to go on the pilgrimage, mm-hmm but still could experience the same kinds of breakthrough and healing in their own life. Yeah. I realized, so we walked for like 44 days and maybe on day 35, I got to a point where it wasn't like, are we ever going to get there? <laughs> you know, like, mom, are we there yet? I got to a point when I, that was it. When we got, we were like a hundred kilometers out. And so like 60 ish miles or so I realized like, Oh, the end is coming. And it completely shifted my mindset because all of a sudden everything got more fun. I appreciated it more because it was almost over. Mm. And that was such a lesson for me because I'm like, I need to treat life that way. I need to be like, hey, I would like to be here until I'm like 80 or 90, but there's a chance I might not be. So if there is something I want to do, don't wait until retirement or don't wait until you have time or you're not tired. Like if there's something that you feel in your heart called to do, or just because it brings you joy or passion, or even if it's difficult, but you know, you have to do it. Trust that, you know, you have to do it because it's yours. Like that, that goal, that dream, that intention, that is yours. That is, that is in your fingertips. That is on the print of your soul. That is yours to do. And Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to, Sometimes I make things too big, you know, like if yes. I would have thought, oh, I'm going to leave my job, make a movie and write a book. I'd be like, no way. That's way too big. That's way <laughs> right. too hard. That's too much, too much pressure. But if it's like, no, just do that one step, like that first step, like that's all you have to do is just take one step. And recently we did a, a retreat in Costa Rica with a group called The Nature Within. And during that retreat, Sp- Spirit gave me a, a great to-do list that's pretty lengthy I was like, okay, how am I going to get, how am I going to start all this stuff and get all, it's from like relationship work to projects and work projects um, and all spirit driven. So I'm like, how am I going to do all this? It's like one step, do one task each day, even Mm -hmm. if it's like sending an email or a phone call or researching something. That was probably the biggest thing. And that has lingered with us is that treating life like it's almost over. So if there's there's something you feel called to do, like start now, start in this moment before it leaves your mind. Mm, That's great advice. All of this has been so good. I'm like, oh my goodness, I need to watch the movie now. I need to order your book and do all the things. So can you please tell everybody before we go where they can find you, find the movie, find the book and get connected? Yeah. Thank you so much. The book is called My Journey Back to God and it's available anywhere books are sold. So Amazon, Barnes and Noble, uh, your local bookseller, you would need to ask them to order it. But if you would like to support your local book peoples, uh, ask them to place an order. And just about everything can be found for me, Instagram and Facebook. And it's Kristen Dickerson TV. And um, we have a YouTube page where we have shared... Yeah, everything's on our YouTube page. And our YouTube page is Spirit and Nature Productions. If you go to YouTube, if you can't find anything, send me uh, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook. Although I am trying to spend less time on those platforms. But, uh, <laughs> but I will check it like every few days for sure. <laughs> That's perfect. Well, I'll make sure to link everything so everyone can easily oh, find you and get connected. But 
gosh, Kristen, thank you so much for being willing to share your story, not only with us, but just being willing to say yes to God when he called you to go and now being able to offer so much wisdom and insight to people who are mm. wanting, craving the same thing. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You did a great job. You're a great interviewer. I'm super oh my gosh. You. So thank you for having <laughs> me on your show. It was an honor. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the Byword Show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember, I am cheering you on.